Welcome to session three of the Journey with Jesus. Before beginning, take time to recite the prayer of commitment and guide to worship, being mindful to see what you say. Last time we focused on the second spiritual discipline, hear his word, which connects directly to the third, pray his will. While looking at the vertical part of the cross on your handout, notice how spiritual discipline three appears as a broad arrow that points upward toward worship. When viewed together, disciplines two and three present the sequence of our conversations with God, which begin with us hearing from him and follow with praying to him. Bear in mind that prayer is not just a petition to God with our will in view, but a conversation with God to discern his will and then to pray accordingly. The key verse in discipline three is John 14, 13, where Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. Join me in your Bibles as I read verse 13 in the context of John 14, 10 through 14 from the English standard version. The setting is an upper room in Jerusalem. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, Listen as I pray read John 14, 10 through 14, conversing with the Lord while prayerfully reading and reflecting on that passage. Use your imagination to see what I say. Jesus, I see you gathered with your apostles in an upper room shortly after washing their feet and partaking of a Passover meal together. During a solemn time together, you question their faith, stating plainly that they do not believe you are in the Father and that the Father is in you. To hear such a statement must have been hurtful and confusing for them. I know it would have been so for me. These men have devoted their lives to you, but do they really know who you are? Evidently not. You go on to speak about the Father dwelling in you and working through you, and that the works prove that you are in the Father and the Father is in you. Wow, that's a lot to take in. Then you say that because you go to the Father, the works they do afterward will be greater in number. Is this because your spirit will then be working through their lives? It seems so. At this point, you tell them that you'll do whatever they ask in your name. In fact, you say the same thing again for emphasis in verse 14. What do you mean? The phrases in your name and 
that the Father may be glorified in the Son, answer that question. This is about praying for your will, not mine, for God's glory, not mine. Respond to the following tasks and questions. Retell from memory the upper room scene in John 14, 10 through 14. What do you see? What is most meaningful for you about this experience? After pray reading John 14, 10 through 14, to get a sense of what God is revealing from his word, we begin our study of this passage by answering the six W questions. Who, the speaker, whom, the audience, when, the time, where, the place, why, the purpose, what, the meaning. Leaving the what question for later, when we're ready to interpret John 14, 10 through 14, let's focus our attention now on the first five W's. Read John 14, 10 through 14, and then answer the who, whom, when, where, and why questions. In response to these questions, to answer them in one sentence, consider this. Jesus is speaking to his apostles after a Passover meal in an upper room somewhere in Jerusalem to tell them that he and the Father are one and that whatever they ask in his name shall be done. The main point of John 14, 10 through 14 is that both Father and Son are one. So, with answers to the five W questions in mind, and the passage before us, it's time to work on an observation statement that summarizes the verses. The purpose of this statement is to convey concisely what's happening in the passage in order to properly interpret the key verse, John 14, 13, in context. With John 14, 10 through 14 in view, draft an observation statement in 10 words or less. This is what I offer for John 14, 10 through 14. Father and Son are one. God's will shall be done. The observation statement simply tells us what the passage says. The interpretation, which follows, tells us what the passage means. So, with the context in mind and your observation statement in view, let's address the what question by interpreting the key verse, which is John 14, 13. Begin by selecting key words in verse 13 and then defining them in context. Since all language is composed of words, it is necessary to know the correct meaning of each word in the light of the particular context in which it appears. While writing your interpretation of John 14, 13, keep in mind these four C questions. Is it correct? Is it comprehensive? Is it concise? Is it coherent? Respond to the following tasks. 
Select keywords in verse 13 and define them in the context of John 14, 10 through 14. Using your definitions and common sense, draft an interpretation of verse 13. Evaluate your interpretation of John 14, 13 in view of the four C questions. My definitions of keywords from John 14, 13 follow. Whatever, which refers to anything or everything that one may request from another. Ask, which is to say something in order to obtain an answer or information from someone. Do, which is to perform an action of some kind in order to achieve an outcome of some kind. Name, which is a word or set of words by which someone is known, addressed, and referenced. Glorified, which is to honor, praise, or revere someone for who they are or what they have done. With those definitions in view, my interpretation of John 14, 13 in context follows. Jesus states that he is in the Father, and the Father is in him twice, in chapter 14, verses 10 and 11, so that his apostles will know that both Father and Son are one, which means that whatever they say and do is the same. If they have faith in what Jesus has said and trust in him, he will work through them and do what they ask in his name. My saying, in my name, Jesus means their requests must be according to his will and to honor his Father. Now that we have an observation statement of John 14, 10 through 14, and an interpretation of 14, 13, we are ready to apply that verse to our lives. Remember that there is only one interpretation to any text or discourse, which means that whatever one says or writes has a particular meaning. However, many applications may be derived from what is said or written, as long as every application is supported by the Bible text. Now, let's see how God wants us to apply John 14, 13, starting with the words, God wants me to. Respond to the following tasks. Draft a life application of John 14, 13 in the context of John 14, 10 through 14. Select a key word from your application to help you remember it today. Share your personal applications giving reasons why they are important. My life application of John 14, 13 follows, and my key word is pray. God wants me to put his interests before my own and pray his will be done, not mine. Let's take a moment now to reflect on our experience together. Always mindful that the first spiritual discipline, worship the Lord, is at the heart of our relationship with God.
Worship humbles us and prepares us for discipline too, which is to hear his word. God reveals his will in his word, which brought us to discipline three, which is to pray his will. And that's what we did by listening to the Lord speak from John 14, 10 through 14. After reading the passage, we then pray read it in a conversation with God, visualizing the scenario and experiencing the narrative. Then we answered the who, whom, when, where, and why questions to get a feel for the larger context of John 14 before focusing on the smaller context of verses 10 through 14 that resulted in an observation statement. With that statement summarizing the context, we then focused on John 14, 13, the key verse for discipline three. To answer the what question, we followed up with a concise interpretation of verse 13 by joining our key word definitions to our common sense understanding of John 14, 13. Our study of John 14, 10 through 14 culminated with an application of 14.13 and a key word to remind us of how the Lord wants to apply his word to our lives right now. In effect, the interpretation answers this question. God, what are you revealing about yourself and me? While the application answers this question. How should I respond to you, Lord? This ends my presentation of the Journey with Jesus, Session 3. As we meet with God personally every day, let's also continue meeting with fellow disciples to encourage and pray for one another while looking for opportunities to share our experiences with those interested. And let's remember that our goals are to experience spiritual intimacy with the Lord and one another day by day. Our assignment this week, which follows, is simply to practice what we're experiencing. Recite and reflect on the prayer of commitment daily. Worship in spirit and truth by reading and reflecting on God's attributes daily. Pray read John chapters 10 through 14 and write an observation statement of John 14, 10 through 14. Write an interpretation of John 14, 13, with definitions of your key words in view. Write an application of John 14, 13, and ask God to help you put it into practice. And lastly, as the Lord leads, share with others what you are learning and experiencing.